Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, I'm going to be talking with Scott Tyner, Ernie Bailey, and Rob Raspberry as we discuss digital signage as a service and what this means for the higher ed tech community. All this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 81, Digital Signage as a Service. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box. This is EdTech, the Higher Ed Monthly Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell. I'm joined by Ernie Bailey. How are you, sir? Just fine. Good, good to hear you, sir. As well, Mr. Rob Raspberry. How are you? Good. Fantastic. Huzzah. And last but not least, Mr. Scott Tyner. How are you, sir? Hey, Bill. Doing well. Glad to be here again. Yay. So first and foremost, for a lot of us, uh, we're uh, probably right at the tail end of uh, exams in which, you know, faculty and other folks have probably uh, um, exhausted their patience and all of us are suddenly looking going, yay, we can get into the classrooms and do all the maintenance that we've deferred for who knows how long at this point, uh, such as in my case, where um, we're uh, doing some planned uh, upgrade work. And uh, I, I got the best phone call this morning, and that was from our mailroom saying, hey, Bill, I think there's uh, some big printers here for you. And I kind of went for a minute, and I'm like, I remember ordering printers. Oh, that's right. We ordered Epsons. Right. They make more than just projectors. I forgot about that. Anyways, <laughs> but um bump um, So going into our first, uh, our first article here, uh, it's actually by uh, our own uh, Scott Tyner which uh, comes to us from Rave Pubs, and it's, as I say, and once again, I'm sure I can hear Josiah Way just kind of cringing a little bit, but this one actually makes sense. So um, this one actually talks about, uh, obviously you've heard AV as a service or software as a service and things like that. Um, And Scott actually wrote up an article in which it talked about digital signage as a service. Now, I will admit up front, if you're like me uh, and a couple other campuses and everything, um, I think this is a great idea. And if you're familiar with AV as a service, digital signage as a service, kind of takes this one step further. And, you know, Scott will let you explain that in a bit. But um, I will just say this, as someone who's from a smaller college, or smaller, formerly college, now university, um, it's, I, I really think it's a great idea because, Right now, we have folks who have just like little fiefdoms, and they're like, oh, well, I want just, you know, just the, the school of humanities stuff to just be shown on here. And it's like, okay, at the very least, I've at least just made sure that uh, all the hardware is the same, that we go through a same uh, manufacturer. So later on, if they suddenly want to go with some sort of turnkey software, we're good. But right now, it's, it's you know, wrangling cats. So, Scott, I'll, I'll let you, you know explain it a little bit to the audience here (laughs) yeah we're in much the same place we started our digital signage uh systems probably 10 years ago you know they started out with a macintosh computer behind the screen and obviously matured as time goes on so we have a server now with players behind it but i think everybody at my campus would say we don't do digital signage very well Uh, there's a bunch of signs on walls we don't really know how to make content that is attractive to people and attracts their attention. We've never done any wayfinding. We've never done any interactive type signs. Um, and every time we put up a, a new sign at, at the request of a customer, 
uh, there's a outlay there that goes with it um, for a, a monitor for licensing um, and for um, the, the box that sits behind it. So as I thought about as a service, and I've been thinking a lot about as a service in different areas, as, as you know, you kind of uh, pointed out, to me, this seems like one that makes a, a ton of sense um, because I think it's something I'm talking to most of my peers mm -hmm. that we don't really like. We don't, we don't really feel like we own the content that's on it. Um, in my institution, it's, it's small as well. In our um, communications office is interested in external communication more than it is an internal communication. So they kind of want to make sure we don't make a fool of ourselves on these digital signs, um, but it's, don't have, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like a, you're right. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's almost the internal branding portion of things. And, you know, for us, a lot of times I simply look at our marketing folks and I go, guys, this is like perfect testing grounds. You can go and like, you know, put your stuff up see how folks react to it. And they go, well, yeah, but everyone knows that we're here. And I'm like, yes, but strangely enough, if I go walking around on campus, uh, I still see the W the William Patterson banner attached to just about every light post that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, this goes back to the yield days of when I was an integrator and, um, uh, the integrator itself was Varix. And to be fair, the berries were very nice to me about everything. Just, I also remember the most, horrendous well it's not horrendous but it's the most the most obvious they literally had Varix wallpaper going through at least two of the conference rooms to which I, I looked at the guys I'm like what do we need to be reminded where we are <laughs> but I get it now looking you know if you if you're at a college campus kind of thing this goes back to the signage in this regard you can test the internal branding and you can test like you know internal ads and if folks respond to that positively I'd say you'd have a better chance of, you know, showing that off to folks externally. It's almost like doing like a focus group and then there you go. So, yeah. So. Yeah. So I think that that's uh, one of the things we've run into is that our, our group, uh, our communications group is so focused on the outside. They haven't focused a lot on the digital signs other than to give some advice. So the, the thought was, boy, what if somebody came in here, got together for a little while with the communications group came up with some great templates, came up with some templates that work for the departments, and then truly offered this as a, as a service. And when I think of as a service, I think of everything. They're, so they're doing everything. They're installing the sign, they're, um, they're giving you the sign, they're taking care of the server for it. Uh, literally all you're doing, maybe, is providing power and, and uh, data where they're, where they're putting up a sign. Ooh. Everything else that, that company takes care of. Um, and the other piece that attracts me to this, and I think that this is where Avis, as a service in general will, needs to grow, is it seems to be affordable. It seems to me that an integrator uh, could get their money back on their initial outlay in a short amount of time, and then they can make money over time while we're getting the service of them taking care of our digital signage. So that's that win-win for everybody. Yeah. Now that's the thing that and we've had guests on the show and everything of folks who, you know, that's all they do are just internal signage and everything. But if you asked them, well, do you take care of like AV or anything like that? They're like, no, we just do signage. We just do student services and this and that. And which is all fair and good. Um, not all of us have that ability, nor do all of us have, you know, staff that actually attends to those things. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you in that. 
uh, from the perspective of if I'm a service, if I'm an integrator slash service provider, that's an, that's an easy layup. It's, you know, how much, you know, how much is like a, say a 55 or a 50 inch uh, display. And, you know, you times that by like adding in say a bright sign player that doesn't, you know, it does 4k and you can do, you know, kind of split zone stuff and everything else. And that's like, including the mount, I'd say that's what, maybe a thousand. That's, yeah. that's really pushing I mean, it. If, if that much, right. And, and many of these now you can, I mean, you can even think of a, a bright sign or a, an Apple TV and you put oh, yeah. an app on the Apple TV. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, you're talking, and, and again, we're talking about the integrators cost, which we know there's not much markup nowadays, but boy, if they can put these in there for the hardware, 600 to $800, yeah. um, they can come up with a really reasonable um, cost there. And that's the other piece is when somebody comes to you and says, oh, how much is this digital sign I want to put in? It's a lot easier to say, oh, it's X dollars a month than it yeah. is, well, for us to do it, it's an X thousand dollar investment on your part. Yeah, that, that's where <laughs> I think um, folks tend to look at they they have the, there's their their operating budget and then there's their like kind of deferred maintenance like there's there's their, there's the there's like the capital cost and then there's operating cost. If you tell them like you know oh yeah just from the capital cost is this much they kind of go to go oh okay but then you get into the upkeep and you get into everything else. If you just tell them it's like you know like literally much like how a lot of us tend to lease PCs and everything they kind of go oh okay it's that much all right. It's it's got a kind of a turnover and everything. Uh, Robert, Ernie, you guys uh, in a similar boat, or it's uh, or it's one of those you guys look at everyone and just go, that's that's their own that's their own albatross to deal with. No, I think it's it it I think it's pretty much similar in most institutions, and um, you know the whole thing is is you want that uniformity, and you want that ease of access. I know that. Um, some of the display companies, such as Samsung, they have third-party companies that actually create content for different channels and stuff like that. So basically, this is just taking it to a, you know, a different level. And I think the advantage is, is having each of the departments be able to go to that one source and say, hey, this is the information I want for this event. I want to brand it like this and then go through the Department of Communications because I don't know how it is in most institutions, but the Department of Communications, like you said, Scott, they're, they're concerned more with that outside presence rather than what's on campus, and that's their focus. So for them to be able to have the one spot to go to the one place to create that content and have it approved by them, I think, is, is absolutely brilliant. Ours is a little bit different. Well, as always, we have a hospital attached. So there's a lot of marketing that goes on there. We do have a lot of visitors on our campus. So we have a robust marketing department that does digital signage. But up until recently, they've either just been, you know, grabbing a couple of guys going and slapping a TV on a wall with a, putting a small computer behind it on the network uh, and then sending someone, you know, if they get a call that is not working, they send their content creator around. She quits creating content or developing pages and stuff and goes and finds a ladder and goes up and resets the computer and stuff. <laughs> Or they've had workstation support come hang a TV for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they it, see how fast they can do things. So we got dragged in recently, and we kind of like it in that we're going around to all the digital signs. We're redressing the cables behind them so they're not drooping down. 
you know, the content's <laughs> beautiful, but the package that's showing it, you know, looks pretty sloppy. What? Isn't that, level. You mean it's not normal to have a rat's nest behind the thing? Well, the rat's nest behind it would be okay. It's under it. Oh. In, in, in view. Oh, no. <laughs> and and um, sometimes, you, sometimes you sit there and look and you go, there's a TV and a digital signage box. What are all those cables for? <laughs> it's exactly. like throw some extra cables back there for the fun of it, right? Well, or they'll, they'll get a 20-foot HDMI cable to go uh-huh. from the computer that's mounted on the wall behind the TV to the TV. And, oh, we found a 30-foot network cable. We're going to plug that in. And, you know, uh-huh. the ISE cables are ex- extra long for both the computer and the display. So we're going through and fixing that up for them as we can or as, as they get noticed. We're putting in uh, some sort of uh, managed power system. We use, we're, we like middle uh rack link system. Mm-hmm. So we can, you know, plug a two-outlet box into a network jack. So if we need to reboot either the uh, player, we're replacing their computers with, you know, much less expensive players that also reboot a whole lot faster and everything. Uh, and aren't looking for a keyboard and a mouse every time they reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can reboot that, or we can reboot the display, or reboot both of them remotely. And that allows the content person to spend more time developing content. And so you're not going up and seeing messages, you know, seeing a little Windows error message or RSS feed not available running across the bottom of every screen. Or my favorite, the blue screen of death. The blue screen of that, that one we can get to usually quick, fix pretty quick. And like I said, those that we're putting in a power, a remote power switch, we can fix them real fast. Our, you know, our help desk may get noticed before anyone even realizes that it's, that it's down mm-hmm. and we can reset it. So we're kind of providing that service for them, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and letting them do the content delivery uh, and um, cleaning it up. <laughs> when you say they do marketing, Ernie, what what kind of mar- are you? Literally, is it advertisements for the hospital itself, or are you for the hospital? Okay. Uh, we got we got this new clinic opening up. We've got a new you know big name physician coming, or we're doing free screenings for breast cancer next month, or you know anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're the stuff. What you just talked about about the the piece on that sits on the network that allows you to reboot that box. Super cool, I think, fits even even really well into the AV as a service model, right? Because these yes. integrators now don't even need to come on campus. Better yet, if they're really smart, uh, they can they can program some type of – they ping this box on occasion. And if they yeah. don't get a response, they just reboot it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have actually um, worked it out where um, – all right, separate from digital signage um, – our, we've had some issues with some of our DTP boxes, and so our programmer actually, usually around the middle of the night or so, just goes and, and just kind of does a cycling reboot of the stuff and everything. Now, that might actually, you know, if you're a programmer or if you're an integrator, you just go, oh, well, at like, you know, 1130 at night, well, here, we'll just re- reboot the uh, the digital signage and everything. But once again, that's that's if I was a programmer because, you know, that's the easiest thing to do, but still. Um, I, I do have to laugh though, Ernie, because you, you talk about the, the work that, that they've done. I have to admit, I think in hospitals I've been in, they have the worst digital signage installation. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen a TV, you know, a monitor sitting on a wall, and a good foot or two over is the outlet. And it's, it's like they didn't coordinate. No. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> 
Yeah. Or, you know, look, they will have already had an outlet on the wall for something else. They'll, they'll mount the TV there and they'll mount the, you know, the display will be up and then they'll run a network cable. The network guys or the cabling guys will come over and say, well, the TV was in the way. So I put the uh, network jack over here to the side. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, these are uh, reasons one through five why I've now spec articulating mounts for just about everything. It's not because, and as I say, it's mostly yeah. so I go, oh, you guys need to. You, need, you guys need to put this here. We already put it up. Although it came well, to bite, it, it, that came to bite me. Bite me this morning. Um, we we had some folks who uh, I guess decided to jury rig something uh, in one of our classrooms, and uh, it's it's one of the it's a ninety inch display, so it has like the big double arm, uh, uh, the big double swing arms and everything. Yeah, yeah. The uh, DTP cable got mashed within that, and I'm kind of looking. I'm like. We had it zip tied within the arms. How does this even happen? But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> any of our displays that we put up, we do have uh, the new uh, chief. Uh, they've got an extension kit that allows you to pull it off the t off the wall, eighteen inches or so. It's oh yeah, you know, just over a hundred bucks. We don't we don't buy them out without that package on it. If it's mm -hmm. if the TV is less than hundred pounds. So eighty six inch and down. Yeah, it's uh oh, is that the one that is attaches to the um? It goes the inside the mount basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So look at that. And that way, if you have a something going on behind the display, instead of sending four people over to take the display down to replace a uh, you know phone size uh, device, yeah. you send one guy over and he he can do it by himself. Uh, yeah, our my my group used that on a uh, on a little video wall we put together. Um, yeah. Because right, because if you need to get right into the middle of those four t televisions, you're you're you got a problem. And so they mm -hmm. just slide the TV right out and do the work they need to do and slide it right back in. Yeah. Very well, slick. That's the best thing that Chief has come up with in years. Yep. Oh, actually, you know what, uh, Scott, have you seen the? Uh, it's I think it's their. Um, oh, geez, I have to I have to look it up. Um, Chief actually came up with a system that actually goes on a Unistrut rail. Have you seen this? No. Oh, so yeah, it, it, you take two pieces of Unistrut and you set it up on the wall and everything, and the thing literally hooks in and attaches to the Unistrut on the wall, and it just acts as a rail system for uh, for the displays. So. You know, literally, you know, your lateral shift is how much Unistrut do you have? Huh, so they don't, they're not selling that piece. That, well, in this unit, they're not selling the piece you put on the wall. You just get Unistrut put on the wall and the mount goes on the TV. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you build a railroad or a rail on the side, basically. Yeah. Slide all the way across. Yeah. It's, it, it, if you line it, it up right. Yeah, it's literally designed for um, it's literally designed for uh, uh, video walls and everything. So right. if you had say uh, a two by like say a two by three video wall set up, you would literally only need about about like three rails of Unistrut and then just you know click. And if I remember right, it's there's one set of latches that scissors out the display. I think it's like uh, uh, about a foot or so, and then another set of latches actually. Uh, actually um lifts it up and everything so it creates like a little kickstand and you can and then you, you you can actually like you know scissor it out so yeah creativity and creative people blow my mind because you would think boy the uh 
the the monitor mount industry is pretty much settled by now, right? And yet they, they continue to innovate. It's like how can you innovate? It's crazy. Hey, They're just so crazy. Hey, listen, my my all time first my first foray into AV um, was actually doing uh, it was a, a storefront, and they had a three by three video wall set up, and this was up in Boston and everything. And uh, yeah, we had to, this was before um, uh, Chief. This was well before Chief had like uh, the fusion mounts or anything else. And we had to like the displays were all pin locked together and everything else. And we get there and I just took one look and I'm like, Hey, uh, I asked the GM, did you guys like flush mount the plywood and everything? No, no, no. We just put it up there. If you looked at the wall, the wall went like the wall essentially went. <laughs> so my, my first ever task, and was like, all right, I now have to go to home Depot and get wood shingles. And I have to, sh- I had to shim nine, nine mounts. And it was just, it was just one of those ones of me. It's one of those, it was one of those projects that almost automatically made you go, what am I doing? <laughs> now, uh, now, once again, the same thing would be what I think like three, let's see, one, two, three, four, like three, like three, three, like three or four uh, uh, Unistrut rails. And it'd be like, all right, here you go. I'm done. Like you sons of, anyways. <laughs> So you can tell a good story, you know, back in my day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I am doing the, you know, that is that is ranking up there with the back in my day. You know, you guys don't know how good you had it, have it with your <laughs> HDMIs and your DVDs. <laughs> burr, burr. Although but I had to crimp a BNC. Oh God, you know that. All right, so that's the other fun bit, and I'll just ask you guys this one little quick round. Uh, in my case, I get to gut and dismantle uh, over this coming summer. Um, our ballroom, and there's currently a Presus 12 by 8 um, video switcher. There's a 12 by 12 RGB switcher, and then a 20 by 20 stereo uh, auto patch switcher, which is all going to get condensed down to a 16 by 16 <laughs> DM switch, and uh, and two DSP units. I, I can't begin to tell you just how happy I am, but then I look and I go, oh, wait a minute. We still have like 14 XLR inputs that I have to like tag and, and say, leave. I'm like, oh boy. But imagine okay. having a, that, that's one of those things you look back and go, wow, this is all condensed down and so much easier now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that being said, uh, Ernie, where, do you guys have uh, any fun projects for uh, the the uh, upcoming uh, upcoming winter break? Obviously, we won't we won't be here during. We've the- actually started our big project. Our big project is really for uh, August, but mm-hmm. we're starting it now. We're taking down our active learning center for a couple of weeks, and we're doing a lot of preliminary stuff to completely upgrade it to a digital system. Uh, putting in mics on every table, uh, Dante speakers over each table, mm-hmm. uh, putting in cameras. We're having a, a two-part uh, active learning center mm-hmm. uh, with 32 tables uh, of six students each here in Little Rock. And then at our Fayetteville campus, we'll be putting in a smaller one with eight tables and make it to a single virtual room. Uh, for team-based learning. Now, all right, I will just ask this one little question. Who are you guys using for the Dante speakers? Because that's just one of those things that always kind of perks my interest. I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, excuse me, they're not Dante. They're, they're AVB speakers, not Dante. Oh, 
Dante microphones, AVB speakers. Uh, uh, but we uh, and we got crossing the streams. Yes, we are. Uh, but uh, I think I think our speakers are serial numbered one through forty. Uh, we had to wait for them. Uh, how how new are they? Well, I can, I'm pretty sure I can still see the fingerprint oil there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Rob, you have uh, any fun projects on the horizon or? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, I believe the last time we talked, we were in the, you know, negotiations to get one of our larger auditoriums refurbished. So that's already started. Okay. Uh, one of the interesting things, and it's sort of. Well, last time we chatted, you were still herding cats in the, uh, with, the yeah. with the giant tech, tech show. Yeah. So <laughs> it, right, it's, yeah. It, it seems to have come together, fortunately, after a lot of, uh, a lot of hours of work on it. So we're happy that's gotten started. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a basic upgrade to a, a large system that just needs to be, you know, um, done. yeah, exactly. So, you know, projector switcher, five cameras, mm -hmm. um, assisted, uh, listening, um, pretty basic stuff. All the but sexy stuff. Yeah. We're pretty uh, happy about that. Now, the one thing, the smaller project that we're doing that is interesting is, we had a collaboration space, a collaboration classroom mm -hmm. um, in our building where our offices are. And a lot of it got changed into tutoring spaces. And there was a big donor that made some really nice improvements to the front of the building. And so we had a collaboration classroom that now had to be taken uh, offline and made into just this general um, purpose classroom. And the first thing you're going is, oh, my God, you're taking all this tech out and you're creating a general classroom, well, ultimately you have to sort of look beyond that and say, hey, you know, we have X amount of students, we need X amount of space in classrooms, what is the most optimal use for this space? And in a weird kind of way, turning into a general classroom is definitely more efficient because it allows more classes to be scheduled and more students, so it just makes sense. And yeah. so even though you shed a tear because, you know, your pods and, and and switchers are going away at the same time it's like hey it's for the greater good of the university so it's okay yeah, yeah. um i will just keep it to this on on mine and i'll just go to scott real quick uh ours we 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 had to have a very heavy duty topic uh, conversation with um crestron over the fact that uh we got some hd base t uh wall plates which you think would not be that big of a deal except that these are seven floor boxes and this is in our ballrooms, which is a single seamed carpet. And the only way to change, if we were to go to the Crestron DM uh, 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 floor box plates, we would actually have to rip out the FSR brackets, which means we'd also have to rip up the carpeting around the floor box. And yeah, that was one of those things of, okay, how much cursing and screaming do I want to do? And then it turned into uh, our programmer was like, well, I want to be able to control the EDID and this and that. And I'm like, is that it? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we can configure that on the card uh, uh, with DM tools and everything. And we called up Crestron and they were like, is it still HD base T? Yeah. Are you using the HD base T certified card? Yeah. Yeah. You should be fine. <laughs> so should be. No, you don't understand. Like this was, this was going to be pain. This was like one of those, like, you know, it's bad when even the FSR rep tells you, he's like, Oh yeah. Are you able to get the cover up and everything? I'm like, I'm not sure. He's like, yeah, you're going to have to muscle that. You're going to have to get some pliers and work at this. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Always a bad sign when even the, when even the, when even the customer service reps like, no, oh, good luck. 
<laughs> he's laughing at you. Yes. The worst part <laughs> is he's right that? in my backyard too. Uh, literally one town over from us. So Scott, you have any fun stuff on the horizon or? No, I, I think like most of us, we actually uh, closed down for just about two weeks tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we did some maintenance this week. We'll do some maintenance in the few days when we come back before classes start. Uh, and we'll, we'll be up and running. Uh, you know, we, 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 do our, we do metrics so we know where the problems existed. And we just go and, and fix those kind of recurring issues over break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the only fun one I'll leave you guys with is, uh, this one. Uh, we ended up with a free upgrade for, uh, Extron GVE, uh, because, uh, one way or another, um, all of a sudden we, we transferred, uh, we moved the GVE server from one virtual box to the next. And then all of a sudden the database started growing by a gigabyte per day. Hmm. And yeah. And our, our network folks were like, yeah, we're going to shut this down. <laughs> so Extron took a look at everything and they're like, yeah, you didn't. You had to point it to a different one. They're like, you know what? We'll just we'll just upgrade the whole thing right now because you're at two six. We're just going to bring you up to the current version. And we're just going to do a clean install entirely. I'm like, cool. So mm-hmm. we'll see what we'll see what uh, funness pops out of that. But um, yeah. So otherwise, folks. Uh, once again, this has been EdTech. Uh, you can happily find me on LinkedIn as well as the occasional Twitter at. Uh, original od uh ernie where can the fine folks find you at you can find me on linkedin all right rob linkedin there we go and mr tyner hey Billy. Uh, you can find me on on twitter uh mostly and uh you <laughs> have a profile on linkedin as well oh there you go uh once again this has been ed tech the higher ed monthly tech podcast this is part of uh, the av nation uh family of podcasts once again this is ed Book.